0: funny how my brain works i'm like okay so what if you hung it on private facing into the public it seems like what, it would be legal what, what's worse the the consequence for having a camera on public or for trespassing on private <laughs> Yeah, are always gonna be weighing the options. Yeah, that's gonna be a, that the that options. seems like a loophole <laughs> yeah. Our podcast is brought to you by Deer Grow.
1: Man, it's almost food plot season, Jared, and Deer Grow is one of those products that has really changed the way that we plant food
0: plots and the success we've seen from them. No doubt. I've been, you know, trying to plant food plots my, my entire you know, whitetail hunting career, which is a little shorter than yours, but the minute that I started, or that I you know, I realized that I could get deer grow back into some of these remote plots where I couldn't get lime or fertilizer, especially in the fifty pound bag, you know, format. Mm-hmm. So everything was changed. You know, I could get into these spots uh, moving forward with a with a backpack sprayer and that since escalated to these forty or sixty uh, gallon sprayers and we're doing upwards of, you know, five to ten acre food plots just with deer grow and having phenomenal success. Yeah,
1: and I mean with the price of fertilizer, lime, diesel, everything this year, I mean what better way to get in there and grow a successful food plot at about a third of the cost.
0: And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: And we're back hey,
0: on our podcast, episode 144. Hey, remember to like, follow, subscribe. <laughs> uh, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh-huh. give us a listen and a follow. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah. It kind of jump-started me. We've been like off hours on our podcast. Yeah, sorry. I'm one sorry. was like, a, like whoa. Cree Kings was like one a.m. It's like sub sub eight a.m. Now. It's, it's I just, know it's early because as you were clapping your hands, I was in my mind. My mind was going. Nah, I don't. I don't buy jam. I buy honey, and I kiss it on the lips. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god! It is is the last day of August, thirty first. August felt like it kind of drug out there for a while.
0: Oh yeah, feel so that way. Oh yeah, today's still August. It's the thirty first. It's thirty first. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yep. I, Gary, B- 1st. Gary Busey was in that pitching movie. He was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of stumbled across that the other day. Oh, Gary. Yeah. For a minute, I was like, okay, great mustache," and then I was like, "That's Gary Busey," and then I came full circle on that. Yes. Um.
1: Uh, yeah. What What was that? The rookie? No. Uh. It's the. K- 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 yeah. K- 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 the arm guess one the rookie. I guess no, it's the
0: rookie's uh Dennis Quaid. Rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah, maybe something like that. Very similar to Great movies. Great movie. Yeah, great movie. What's that what else is that kid in? Uh
1: the rookie know. of the year kid? Yeah. Oh, uh American Pie. Yeah, yeah, that's who it is. Oh, like that. <laughs> a little pop culture for you. Yeah. Speaking of pop culture, I was noticing I have a elf. You uh, for anyone born in the late seventies, eighties.
0: Elf. Yeah. Ow, yeah, not Elf, Will Ferrell. Ow. Alf. <laughs> we need to update our mug selection. It's, it's comical, but you know, fairly weak. Yeah, this mug's probably older
1: than me. Um. Anyways, yes, August thirty first.
0: Tomorrow is September first. Early morning today. Nick, this was your call. I know. I know. Way to go, Nick. Way to go. I know. And I, <laughs> I end up being and you were late. late. I know. Well, that's all right. We probably needed the extra
2: fifteen. Yeah, I uh, I only got about four hours of sleep. I'm dragging right now, but hopefully this coffee will give me a nice little boost. So and, if we uh,
1: hear any snoring during the yeah. podcast, it's just <laughs> Nick passed out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll be okay. It it'll probably around two p.m. is when I'll start to slow down.
1: Yeah, uh, we've had some requests recently for Nick to have his camera view as well. <laughs> so I don't know if we have to strap like a GoPro on his mic or what. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm.
2: I don't know. I think the fans might. I don't know. The fans. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> the oh, audience. wow.
1: We
0: didn't know Nick was 13.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: we will need to get some more cameras probably at some yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Like two more of those. We'll at get least. to the old in-studio. We'll throw a camion on your neck. We'll have to figure out where to put that thing.
1: Yeah. I was thinking just like a GoPro right there. And like Maybe like. Right down the pipe.
2: Maybe episode one fifty will give a, a reveal. Oh, there Nick you reveal. go. There you go. Yeah, Nick reveal. <laughs> a Nick reveal. Get, a, get us to twenty five K subs, we'll get a Nick reveal. <laughs> we're on
1: our way. <laughs> uh speaking of which, I guess it was Rendell's uh, so two podcasts ago. Uh, we were like, oh, we get you know, we're gonna hit twenty we hit twenty. So thank you. We yep. did. We hit twenty.
2: Quicker than we thought.
1: We were over the over the hump into the twenty thousands on YouTube at least. Um also appreciate like everyone listening on apple and spotify because those numbers have grown substantially um in the last 30 to 60 days i guess um so yeah as jared said wherever you're listening we we appreciate it uh well we went to your farm yesterday Uh plot twist it's just jared and i today and there goes everybody (laughs) yeah uh we went to went to your farm yesterday yep we needed, uh, so, uh, Nick, do you think we'll have new commercials
2: during this one? Uh, Probably Nick. Ne- yeah, probably this one. Okay. Yeah, probably this one.
1: Uh, if not, blame Nick, but uh, there's a <laughs> chance that we've got, uh, you'll hear new commercials from the Deer Grow, Stealth Cam, Hoyt, et cetera. Keep, um, keep them fresh. Yep, and so we shot some, shot some content up at the farm yesterday, moved the muddy blind.
0: My uh, excuse to get some free labor out of you guys. Yep,
1: that makes sense. Hey, yeah, I mean... Oh, Ma- you guys were filming that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mama Prussia made dinner, so I mean, yeah. can't yeah. complain about that. Great meal. She, she yeah. takes good care of yeah, us. Yeah, great meal. Yeah, well, little little skis. Yep. Little little glassing. We saw one good buck last night. Yeah, we did. Super, like right at the last light. I mean, we probably didn't have much much longer to to push it, but um, probably yeah, it looked better than I thought. Yeah, probably mid mid fifties, nine point.
0: We'll say, he'll get killed. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna he'll s- get killed. I'm gonna say low fifties. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I'll give him one. I'll give him one fifty. 150. One fifty two. He just uh,
1: he didn't have a real good four, but he had great twos and threes. Yeah. Solid frame. Good, good mass. big frame. Yeah. So that was cool. We I saw like a lot him. of deer last night, and it was yesterday was the day. Like obviously it was August thirtieth, but it felt like an like a perfect opening day. I know. Weather was like just banging. It was like seventy <laughs> degrees at the
0: most. It was nice to be outside yesterday. Rask plots were looking good. Rask looking encouraged good by that. Mm-hmm. That blind move was solid. Got got a couple cameras kind of shifted and set a couple uh, coyotes. Oh, dude, I don't even want to look at my stealth bill right now. It's it's got to be. Oh yeah, I don't look at that thing. Yeah, I haven't. actually. <laughs> I see it come <laughs> up. I see it come not, up. I might not. I might not. Yeah, it's I see it come like up often, just, but I don't. I don't look at it. Well, we talked. I'll uh, see the credit card getting out of control, and I'll just blame Margie.
1: We talk. Yeah, there you go. We talked. Just over the last couple of weeks, I think I'm going to try to put some non cells up here um, on Ohio and Kentucky. I've got piss poor service in some of those areas anyways, but try to bury them. I've been, uh, I listened to Rendell's podcast of uh, us and Rendell mm-hmm. and um, the hiding of the camera more and more seems like maybe a critical error on my part. Not hiding it? Yeah. Just throwing it on the tree, eye level or you know deer level and letting it eat. Um, you know, we talk about these deer avoiding cameras, you know, whether it's because of, you know, the cellular transmission or it's just the camera in general. I mean, they know it's there, right? I mean, clearly. Um, and, and it would seem that if you would, you know, put that a little bit better out of view, whether you elevate it and angle it down or whatever, um, you know, do they still, Feel that it's there? Do they still detect it? Are are they as spooked? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you've
0: seen that as much on your <coughs> farm, though. It definitely spooks them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've you know I've hunted over cameras a fair amount, mm-hmm. and, and they definitely, they certainly know it's there. They know it's there, and I don't know. Depending on how long it's been there, I think that makes a difference. Like early on, it freaks them out a little bit, but if it's where they want to be, you know, if it's covering a food plot or something like that, it doesn't they seem to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, it's especially just it becomes I'm, a fixture. Yeah, and and there's so many cameras, like, out on the landscape now, and I'm moving them around so frequently. Yeah. It, it, they don't seem to... They definitely look at it. They see it's there, but then they... I
1: think it knows, like, whether it's a big timber setting or, you know, we talk about public land stuff, like, where it's not a natural or, or more common fixture, I would assume that sets off the alert signals a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're you're in a thousand acre block of timber that not many people are hunting and all of a sudden deer's walking down the trail and
0: boom, there's this trail camera right in front of them. I assume that's going to freak them out. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're coupling it with other things that are sketchy to them, it probably freaks them out more. Like a giant bait pal. Yeah. Yeah. Like a corn pile. They're definitely more wary of Mm -hmm. all of those things. Unnatural. You know, especially if they can't approach it in a way that they're they feel comfortable, but so like if if I'm just running a, over a food plot, for instance, and maybe it's got a, a scrape like mm-hmm. out of the corner of its view, it doesn't seem to bother them too bad. They'll, they'll they'll still come hit the scrape. And but I do I find myself like questioning like spots that I intend to hunt. You know, like that oak. Uh, you know that uh, where that eight points at. Yep. Um, I, you know I'm find myself. I, I did put a camera there, so mm-hmm. and you've me. got him on camera since. Uh yeah, not a whole not lot. Not a lot though. Once or twice, and yeah. But uh, once those acorns start dropping, he's not gonna not go eat from that mm. tree, and he's not gonna just shift to day to overnight. Yeah. So it just is what it is. I put it in there. I expect them to have some kind of reaction to it, but but I think they'll adapt. Mm-hmm. So I think the other big thing, <clears throat> and I mean, if you
1: we've been putting our cell cameras, we did it yesterday. We put it on a Dakota Lithium like a big Dakota 10 amp Mm -hmm. lithium battery. So trying to get it through the season. But, you know, obviously cell cams eat up batteries. and No matter what your signal is, like, they eat through batteries. And so um, I feel like every year we probably talk about it or I mention it. Like, I've got an entire fleet of non-cell cameras that I don't use that often um, unless I, like, really can't get signal. Like,
0: they need to just be deployed and, like, let them eat. Um, yeah. you saw my only non-cell camera yesterday. I'll be surprised if that, th- I'm surprised it didn't get stolen yet. Yeah. You know, cause it's pretty obvious right there. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll I, f- I could have this- reached out the vehicle and grabbed it. I gotta believe those guys on, uh, uh, Ranger would have seen that. Yeah, probably. I don't know. People aren't really looking for that stuff, Mm-mm. but, but yeah, if you, I don't know. Maybe people do see it and they just don't think I'm going to get pictures of anything there. Sure. Which is funny. Cause that's where I got the giant the, the biggest year last year.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Who was who was it that we were talking to that um, leaving the cameras all year and then was it Donnie? It's Rendell. hmm was leaving the cameras all year, pulling them, and then doing like his analysis
0: at the end of the year mm-hmm. to see those. Well, I mean, a, a, a lot of guys do that, I guess, but yeah, he, he talked about it most yeah. recently. I do that too. Um, just more and more of mine have shifted to sell, Cell. So I mean, it's I, I do have some that I let them soak, and I have signal just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. But for instance, if we were going to be hunting, like which we kind of are but we just didn't have the the jump on it yet like Kansas public. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess no you can't run any can't run, can't run any cameras huh? I would say. Yeah, that would have been a place to do it. Mhm. Um I could that is cra- Yeah, yeah. No, no cells on or no cameras on Kansas public at all. Interesting. Or wa- not on walk either. Interesting. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Bastards. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it would be a thought for you know, even like our new Illinois farm seeing how often we get there if we really want to make sure that we're getting data throughout the the season (laughs) it's funny how my
0: brain works i'm like okay so what if you hung it on private facing into the public it seems like it'd be legal what's worse the the consequence for having a camera on public or for trespassing on private Yeah, always gotta be weighing the options. Yeah, it going to be weighing a, the seems options. That seems like a loophole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: one is. I mean, you just gotta get caught at the end of the day. I will say that Kansas has been one that was, um, at least from a department side, those guys are pretty, uh, pretty patrol heavy, or it seems like because we've lost stands mm-hmm. on Kansas Public, mm-hmm. um, you know, for whatever, leaving them up an extra couple weeks or whatever.
0: When we come back for shed season, it's like they're gone. Yeah, I assume it's the department. Yeah, hard to say. I mean, they're buried in there. Hard to say. It's funny the things that happen in the woods while we're not there, like things you never think will happen. I mean, they do, and sometimes, you know, more often than you think, just pe- people, whatever, people that you never think would be back there, or just things you never think would happen. It's like, oh no, nope, they they do. Well, that's that becomes the difficult part about
1: cameras, is you know, the one thing I think we all kind of
0: got a picture of a German Shepherd running through one of them. like, did you? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, so Just uh, you stuff put out, like that. You put, put outside the back of
1: your head is that you're you're capturing a very limited angle view of the woods around that camera, mm-hmm. and so like you know you fall victim to saying, well, yeah, no, I haven't seen anybody on that camera. Like nobody's going back there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're they're in there. <laughs>
0: they're around there. They're just not on camera. It really is an art, and I just it's a it's a constant like evolution to figure out how to be uh, the most effective with cameras as possible and and so i have some that i you know to your point i know they're not getting everything mm-hmm. but they certain they have a really high chance like that that east wing camera that i have yeah. you know it's on a food source but but it's it's not an original idea that i'm having here but guys call a lot kind of different things but trying to get as many reasons for the deer to be in front of the camera as possible mm-hmm. so like i have that camera over a year-round mineral site mm-hmm. that i could choose to put bait out or not mm-hmm. um it's on a food plot yeah <clears throat> a corner plot. of a food plot that i know they're coming into mm-hmm. and it's got a a scrape back back in yep. the distance i've got like a a fence post mm-hmm. scrape put in there so there's all kind of reasons for him to kind of come through that corner it's the corner they want to come through naturally it's the corner i shot that velvet deer out of um and so i'm trying to you know I, i'm always like wishing that my cameras were better um you know or or had more because re- i just can't keep up with it it's like uh, you know there's a tr- there's a, a traditional uh transition from like you know guys run Cameras over mineral, Mm -hmm. and then it's like okay, now let's shift them to, you know, what? Yeah, oaks, Um, scrapes, oaks, scrapes. Those, yeah, those are traditional, you know, food plots. You know, things that you just want to be monitoring. And then it comes back to your strategy of like how how closely is your hunting strategy going to be tied to, you know, pictures, or is it more of an inventory? Is it more of a? Are Are you counting on a deer moving into an area? And so it's constantly like you're trying to get ahead of them, but also have recent relevant information but also you know not sp- spook stuff and well
1: i mean that's the danger of of cameras whether it's cell cameras or regular cameras the fact is is that you know since kind of the advent of trail cameras um hunters have have backed off of the woodsmanship side of things because you're like i've got eyes 24 7 in this spot you know i remember taking uh you
0: know, film to be developed at whatever Target or Walmart or wherever what, it was. What does that mean to you? Sorry not to cut you off. What does that woodman, uh, woodsmanship like? I mean, I, I obviously yep. have a basis of an understanding there. So, but, my,
1: yeah. my woodsmanship, I look at it kind of, um, I'll, you know, date myself as a near 40 year old here. Like, I look at it as what I grew up hunting, which
0: was. When is your
2: birthday, by the way?
0: What? When is your birthday, by the way? April 3rd. Okay. Let's not forget that. Like, we got to do something. Yeah. Don't let me forget
2: that. Got some time. Figure yeah. it out. All right, you're turning
0: forty in April.
2: Yeah. All right. Big four zero. Big four yeah. zero. Huh? Get you some diapers or
0: something. <laughs> what, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to catch up. What's that?
2: What's your favorite dessert? I
1: don't
0: know. I don't think
1: about that. I like right.
0: uh, I like a good ice cream cake. <laughs> All right, ice cream cake. Okay. I know a guy in the notes. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> Got it in the notes. We're I know good. a guy. All right. Sorry. Uh, Early uh, morning <laughs> deviation. Talking about woodsmanship. You're almost yeah. forty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, thanks. <laughs> Uh, the so I look at it more of like kind of how I grew up, which was you know reading sign. Let so scrapes, uh, rubs, tracks, okay, uh, sign. So Under sign. understanding the terrain. Observing side signs. of things, I will say that in,
0: in what sense? What do you mean in understanding terrain?
1: So just understanding how terrain is going to you know, affect essentially affect there. deer movement or affect animal movement in general. Okay. Like where, where are the deer, what were the animals most likely to work through, cover. What, what do you think? Some some examples of terrain, you know, features. Leeward, Leeward ridges, you, you know, right out of the gate. So like understanding, you know. You th-
0: when do you think you started to understand that? Um, I, that for me, it wasn't until. I
1: don't think I understood like the concept of or, or the consistency of why deer are bedded on Leeward ridges as much as I just would experienced deer betting on those ridges and being like, they're always betting here, it seems like. When did you think you started to
0: understand that? To put the two together that when... Or just to even have that consideration. I don't think I did until... It was... I don't know if it was Dan Infault or it was the video. It was that Hill Country Bucks yeah. video. It was what well, The first time I ever heard it, I was like... I still have it. This is revolutionary. I, I still don't think I've watched that video. I have to, it's, like, worth watch. it.
1: yeah. it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. Mine was like a... Mine was more experience driven, so
0: you know. Obviously- well, I was experiencing it. I just didn't understand what I was experiencing. Yeah. Well, and, and... I was so like ma- that hillside. They seemed to be on more, but I. It took. I didn't. Yeah, understand that it was the leeward ridge. Yes, <laughs> I, I would agree. i would, same boat though.
1: So like my experiences five or were six driven years ago for me. Yeah, I mean, I was. Uh, so we grew up. We grew, both grew up in Pennsylvania. I grew up. Um, doing deer drives like crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I probably half of Pennsylvania, I've driven out at some point in time Mm -hmm. in my career. So when I was younger, um, even when I was like 10, 11, 12, like I knew most of the areas that I had my deer camp and stuff around better than the adults did. And so yeah. I could say a hey, deer would pinch
0: down too. Hey, when you, push you
1: said here, you said here, you said here. I'm gonna go up here. I'm gonna bring this ridge around, and I knew exactly where I was gonna kick deer out of. Mm-hmm. Did I fathom why the deer were betting there? Besides, like it was grapevine or there was a bunch of you know briars or whatever it was. No, like the the wind aspect wasn't necessarily there, but I knew, you know, very likely. Now where the puzzle would come in is like let's say. You know, I've drive that out, kick the air. Eventually, like you go through and like you don't push anything out. And then it's like, okay, well, is it because I've pushed it out two weeks ago? Is it because the, and again, in my head, I wasn't even thinking about it. Maybe it was because the wind had, was different and so they weren't vetted there. Mm-hmm. So there was a point where I would confuse pressure probably being affected by other conditions like wind. So I would walk through an area where I would expect deer to be. They weren't there and I'm like, shit, we've we've
0: blown this area. Like, the, changing food source or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And usually it was in a pretty tight time frame. So I'm sure it was more wind oriented than it was um food source oriented. Mm. But um I, I it I didn't comprehend. I didn't comprehend that until I was in college probably. Mm-hmm. Um just because I, that's not how I hunted necessarily. Like, even when I was paying attention to the wind, so part of that woodsmanship growing up was knowledge of the wind and how you wanted to work in the wind. But, you know, I grew up hunting suburban Pittsburgh. I could watch people's TV from my tree stand. Like, I didn't pay attention to the wind or shit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I could tell you that, you know, 98% of the hunts I had as a kid, like, yeah. sat at the same 2 by 4 tree stand every time, regardless of wind.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember when that, you know, when consideration of the wind started to come in for me. Because we definitely didn't in the beginning either. I can remember the first tree stand that I ever hung and hunted and shot deer out of. Mm-hmm. Shot at deer out of. But I, mean, I was going to say, most of us had one and, and, tree stand. And there stand. definitely was no thought. It was like, oh, it's an apple orchard. The deer yeah. want
1: to. You have a spot that you
0: hunted like i could remember like yep. when my dad wouldn't hunt. i was blowing deer out like
1: crazy. Oh, yeah, we dude. would
0: park like 100 yards away from it on the guy's driveway it was permission yeah and i would just walk right and through this field and yeah. i knew it was crazy i was yeah. like that's why i thought it was a good spot because everywhere was like whoo, whoo, whoo. I yeah. like, there's so many deer here you know yeah
1: my dad and i used to walk right through like mm. 40 acres of soybean mm. to get to our trees because <laughs> there was no way out. you didn't there wasn't any that's other way to get in there end, yeah you know, and I can clearly remember, like, if, like, let's say, my dad was working or something, and I was like, yeah, I'm going out, like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm slipping into his trees. It didn't matter what the wind was. It was just like, I'm changing sure. spots. Sure. You know, and so, um, it, I at one point, I would say probably when I was, oh, I'd say six, 15 or 16 is when I got my first climber. Prior to that, it was all, like, homemade built tree stands, I would say. Two by fours in a tree. We built some like lean-to ladder stand type tree stands but uh, your
0: first tree stand was a climber oh yeah yeah yep summit mine was a, a gorilla hang on really remember those oh yeah the netting seat uh no it was a, a flat seat yeah i mean honestly it wasn't a bad stand no i have the cables eventually snapped on me <laughs> i think i have one in a tree still i probably shouldn't go in it yeah uh there's there's
1: probably tree stands littered in Pennsylvania from me still. Mm-hmm. Uh you remember the old what was the old brand comfort zone? Remember that comfort zone brand? Maybe that was like a Dick Sporting Goods uh-uh. but you could buy a hang on comfort zone for 29 bucks.
0: Oh yeah, same with those. I don't know if it was the gorillas.
1: Gorillas were more expensive.
0: Yeah, there was a little more, little more high end, a little more high, a little, high little more high end. But, yeah, but they they've sold those since. They've had like field and stream versions of that same. Oh yeah, I mean it was the it was the model. You know yep. that was the early model. But yep, and then old man. But I think I had a summit climber. But I was like
1: sixteen, and so that was the first time like I, I still didn't really understand the wind, but I was mobile, mm-hmm. and that was cool. Like to mm-hmm. be able to be like okay. I've seen deer here, here, here all the time. I'm gonna go hunt that, mm. and I would screw it up, but I was, I was, sure. I thought I was in the game. And like there was, t- it, it's so funny now because I mean, think of how often we move spots. I can remember like getting into a new spot and instantly feeling like I could kill a buck here tonight, just wow. because it was brand new. It was it was
0: like, you know, you were doing that when you were like 16. Yes. Wow. See, I we don't we weren't at all. Like we were just we were purely. Hang on, I didn't hunt out of a, a climber until I was, like, after college. Really, and I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, did I was too. like, oh, this is why I've never done it. It's loud. I knew guys heavy. that would, and I never understood it. I was like, man, that seems kind of crazy. I'd see guys walking through the woods, but it just well, because at that time, I did I don't even know if like sticks existed. Like the the
1: twenty foot section existed, but I don't know if like individual like portable sticks existed. I think they
0: did. They were clunky for yeah. sure, and you'd have those big like you know, they've gotten pretty good now at how the straps attached to, you know, they used to have the big like, oh yeah, I don't know if River's Edge or something still does that, the wrap around deal or, but yeah, we always were stuck on, we could move them, Mm -hmm. and my Uncle Dale was obviously always, oh dude, I didn't
1: move any of my stand, like besides my, I didn't move a single stand,
0: yeah, we didn't move them very frequently, it was kind of like, hey we made a few moves maybe throughout the year but Mm -hmm. it was highly discussed, highly debated
1: man, that's so
0: funny I
1: remember, um, I was probably, they're still highly debated, but I don't know if I was in high school or early college. It's probably high school. And I knew, um, we talked about this before. Like, I don't care. I I grew up hunting Penn Trafford area, Westmoreland County. If you're not from Pennsylvania or Western Pennsylvania, you don't know where the hell that is, but that's where I grew up hunting. And, um, I remember it was like, uh, it was... Like the second day of gun season, because we usually were up at deer camp for first day or even first and second. So second day of gun season, we came home. I skipped school. I probably, you know, mom wrote a sick note, whatever. Um, and uh, I was going to put on drives in the morning. <laughs> That's yeah. just as I can do whatever I want. I can want. do whatever I want. <laughs> uh, I was going to put on drives in the morning. I think I was already tagged out. And so my dad went into a stand that I had set for. Um, that actually had to killed a buck out of an archery season there. And uh, so this is, this is college probably. And I was like a half mile away. I was going to push this thicket out to him. I was going to give him like a half hour after daybreak. And then I'm like, screw it. Like mm-hmm. we're driving mm-hmm. the rest of the day. And like right after daybreak, I heard. It's like, oh. like, that's something I might. And I don't know, like there's other guys hunting around. I think he ended up shooting twice. And uh, no, no cell phones, like uh-huh. so, you know. And so I remember getting up to him, and wow, you he, remember that? No cell yeah, he killed uh, like a really nice nine point. Like I have pictures. It was probably like low one thirties nine point. So like at that Whoa. point in time was like a stud, and uh, it had twelve inch twos and eleven inch threes. Like wow, that is really cool. I'll find a picture of it. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, and like he was he was stoked Lovered at that I mean. point. I think it was his biggest buck he've ever killed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I was like, what, what happened? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I can't believe it. Like j- right at day, because this is one of those farms that after archery season, the deer are, are in holes, like hunkered down type stuff. He's like, yeah, right at daybreak. I heard something here. He comes walking up, hit a scrape. And he's like, I shot him at 10 yards with a slug gun because we couldn't use rifles in yeah. in that county. And uh, I was like, what? Like, that's just, it was so foreign That, like, a deer did something that deer (laughs) do. Did he just walk to you? Yeah. What do you mean? During gun season of Pennsylvania. And, um, but, like, that would be a perfect situation. I wish I could rewind and say, like, what was the wind doing? Like, what, you know, why did that deer come that way? Because my dad, again, had walked through 40 acres of beans, basically crossed that deer's path to get in there. And it's like, like, what, why would he do that? Like, you know, he's probably four-year-old buck, I would say. Um, it's like, it just, it it was so foreign at the time, but now like you could easily put those data points together and be like, shit, of course, like the wind was coming this way. He was angling up into it. He was checking that scrape line and he was hugging that bedding area. But Mm -hmm. like
0: that, that was so foreign to me, you know, 20 years ago, even. Mm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the blessing and the curse of, you know, or, you know, some would say like ignorance is bliss. Like the, yeah. the fact that it happened, it was such a mystery, such mm-hmm. like a magical, you know, and it still would be awesome, you know, yes. so, but you know, you have an understanding now of, of how it's, and you know, I'd rather have the knowledge than not, but, but certainly mm-hmm. it's fun to look back and say, Oh, I can't, like, I can't believe that worked out. Like I did everything wrong. And so there still- was a
1: simplicity and a mystery behind it that made deer hunting really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, also made it, we talked about this before, made it really tough. Mm-hmm. um to where like that was so foreign it was like you know we paraded that thing around i remember it like my dad having like in the back of the truck with the tailgate down and it was you know it was a big deal um and you just and i i miss that stuff cuz you just don't you know you don't hear about that you don't feel that way with a lot of things anymore on the hunting side because we know so much about it but i think the one thing that i i really believe is is interesting around it is I think with all of the knowledge we have now, there's an overload. We overcomplicate a lot of things. And frankly, I think we are as effective as we were 20 years ago, even with all this new data and all this new tactic type stuff because we overcomplicate things. Now, throw aside the fact of whatever, baiting, straight wall cartridges, like all the evolutions we have today. But in terms of back to your woodsmanship thing, Like, even with an Onyx or or whatever, like, there's so much information now. I think most people, and this is not, like, putting people down, most people can't process or they over-process the amount of intel. And I'll use myself as an example. Think about how cell cameras have affected Mm -hmm. the way I hunt. Yeah, I used to...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just over-analysis. Yeah, seven years ago, I
1: I 100% checked cameras and scouted more than I hunted in a season
0: yeah oh dude it's it's the most stressful thing is deciding where where to go you know the, the past couple I've gotten better at it because it's you know I, you know I've tried you to, have to I've put tried blinders to take the pressure on. off of myself yeah. well it's just so much I, I've put so much pressure on myself myself in past years to you know to you know, to to be successful or whatever, that it's like I'm the last one to leave because I'm so stressed out about going to going mm-hmm. to the right spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you think we're way more effective
1: throwing even uh, just from a woodsmanship side?
0: No, just at a that's what I'm k- saying. At a killing deer? No,
1: no, no. I'm saying just from a woods throw throw the effectiveness of weapons oh, okay. and bait. Just from a woodsmanship side, I'm trying to tie it back well, to not, our woodsman. Just weapons guns.
0: and bait necessarily, but it's also mindset. I think we the, the I think the understanding of deer movement and of hunting strategies is mu- is much better. The bar is much, much higher than it was. Sure. You know, from the I just time wonder frame if you're there's talking about. too
1: much. Like, there's a point of for some of not everybody, of for some people, including some there's a point of too much of to where, of you know, i of the Tommy boy the 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 biscuit and the it up. the it up Oh yeah. Whereas like the ignorance is bliss back then. I relied mm-hmm. on a lot of gut instinct type stuff. Sure. I miss I messed a ton of things up and I didn't understand leeward ridges and things, but yeah, there was a yeah. gut instinct of how to hunt.
0: Yeah. So that it's, is, it's more of a, you know, I would, I think you would also agree. We're, we're much more effective now and, and have a better understanding, but it's a, which is better. Yeah. yeah well, which even better. say, um, uh, whether you talk about Onyx. That's or, true for anything. It's oh yeah, it's, the every, way, it's evolution. Yeah, we have the information yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Like it's a the information age. Like we we know yeah. I, well, you know <laughs> everything about everything. Essentially, like the, the information you can Google anything right it's all now. All right
1: but, at the fingertips. That's where like um so tie back into the woodsman thing. The one thing that I think has been really um it's it's been a huge help, but it's taken away from a lot is what's on your shirt. But not just those guys, but you know, Onyx, Spartan Forge, etc. Um. That didn't exist. Yeah. Right? Google Earth barely existed back yeah, then. Yeah. So in order to understand a piece of area, you, you went out and walked it. Mm-hmm. Your feet on the ground. You spent a lot of time doing that, but you understood the intricacies. Now think about how much you and I just aerial scout. We don't even walk we're like, Yeah, we're not gonna walk through that. Yeah. You, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm not saying that it's get, not more efficient, but you, you absolutely will overlook places just because from an aerial, cause you're trying to cover more ground. You're just like, eh, it's not worth going back in there. Sure. We would have never known back then. Sure. You had to
0: go and see it. Yeah. Well, and we're also covering, I mean, the, the amount of ground I've States. got access to yeah, now thousands. compared to back then is, I mean, mm-hmm. times 50 or whatever. Yeah. It's a macro versus micro level. It definitely level. allows you to to... You know waste less time, I think, but but cert it's funny, I was just remembering back to you, is you, it wasting time though uh, it's uh it's hard to say you yeah. know because I mean, you can find stuff that's not you definitely will find stuff that's not on the maps, but it also allows you to hone in and Absolutely. go go kind of go right to the spot and confirm you know you can be more mm-hmm. efficient with your time that's where it like it, I don't know, just kind of reflecting the cool
1: thing is here we are, you know Nick would Nick say this is coming out like September ninth or something like that, um. The cool thing is, is like, uh, we're we're podcast even. We're kind of making this switch here. We're we've been talked a lot about a lot of everything in the off season, right? And <sighs> it, now it's now it's the hun- they it, it, they all start to blur together. Yeah.
0: It's like man, I told, but it feels like it's been the season here. Yeah, this is the way now, we've been running. And now and it's stuff. the
1: hunting season, right? And so think about that macro versus micro scouting level. And now the effectiveness of access on hunting
0: and stuff. Like the fact that you can cover thousands and thousands of acreage. I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you have a buck? I don't know if this is my target or not, but this is, uh, he just sent me, target acquired in North Dakota. Oh, that's that's a stud. (laughs) Yeah, that's a giant eight. He sent me a bunch of pictures. That's a hammer. Yeah. It's a 150 plus inch eight. Yeah.
1: The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Hoyt Archery. Dude, where would we be without our Hoyt bows? Probably shooting crossbows. Or or a Matthews, yeah. (laughs) One and the same. But in all seriousness, we love being Hoyt guys because you stand out. When you're in this room full of other people that shoot these other types of bows, I feel like the Hoyt
0: guys just stick out. Dude, it's just a legit bow. I mean, the, the, especially that carbon riser, man. I mean, I, I know that they've got several other aluminum lines as well. But for, for me, I'm shooting that RX-5 uh, in the carbon model. They've since come out with RX-7. And uh, I can't tell you how much I love being a Hoyt guy amongst a C4 of Matthews guys. So we're out there, I think, pr- proving them wrong, shooting 80 pounds and uh, you know, killing stuff. Hey, man, if you want to get serious, get Hoyt.
1: Um, but yeah, so think about that micro and macro level scouting and how that's affected access. Like the fact that you can now cover thousands of acres where years ago you were focused on this 400 acres. Cause that's all you had time
0: for. Yeah. Well, you, you know, scouting should be, you know, ha- the strategy should be prescribed based off of like how you're going to hunt it. Like mm-hmm. some, you know, so many guys are in so many different situations, you know, on one end of the spectrum, it's like I'm gonna early season bow hunt versus I'm gonna, yep. you know, during the you know rut, rut gun hunt or, you know, wh- whatever it is, it's like the scouting should be, um, you know, based on you know, for, and I don't, I don't know if that was twenty years like ago. at home, like right? like a home farms, it's like I know every square inch of of mm-hmm. my farm because I've walked it all, you know, during off seasons or in, in right. season scouting, and we hunt it you know, throughout all of those phases, but, yep. you know, but if we were going to go and we, and we will, for instance, when we go out to Kansas, yep. you know, we know it's going to be probably that third week in November. So it doesn't make sense for me to scout summer food sources nope. or, you know, white oak trees <laughs> Not at necessarily. All. It's like, I'm looking for, I'm looking for Funnels. terrain features. Yeah. They're going to final deer movement or, you know, and, and bedding area yep. type stuff still, you know, but, but features that will be relevant for, you know when we're going to be hunting it. I think it interests. I, I guess where I'm looking and, and putting that around around. And the ma- Dude, the maps do allow us to that uh, pretty boy that I missed the other day. Yeah, that was a X marks spot. That was a great example of kind of both. Like I, I, you know, I was able to kind of see that spot from a distance. We were in the area, but I. It was one of those deals where I didn't want to go all the way into because it, it was peak season. I was like, I don't yep. want to ruin it, so I backed out, looked at it on a map, mm-hmm. and I was like yes, that's that. And that's th- then I planned my access and everything. Yep. And so I probably wouldn't have done that as effectively or efficiently without. No, you probably went in and blew deer out. And it, it, it's just
1: funny because I look back, um, my deer camp area, I hunted the same, I don't know what it was. It's a couple thousand acres probably <laughs> that was open, like coal mine, strip mine type ground that was open for public Up
0: North bigwood stuff. Uh, no,
1: not that far. Indiana County. Okay. So, you yeah, know, yeah. not too far. Um, Like, if you put me in that stuff, it's obviously going to look different, right? 20 years. I haven't been up there in 20 years. If you put me in that stuff today, I bet I could walk where most of those features are and where those deer are. But if you put me in some of the stuff that I hunt now, I couldn't tell you nearly as much detail about it. Really? Because I'm just, I don't, I'm not in it as much. Mm. I'm not forced to be in it as much, is what I'm yeah. saying. That that's
0: the woodsmanship thing that I. But once you do walk it, I mean, dude, the reality is, I think we're just we're just wired for this. And so, for mm. whatever reason, like my wife can tell me something, and I instantly forget it. Yes. But if I go walk a piece of woods once, yep. I, I for the rest of my life, I know exactly what it looks. If I get yeah. a picture of a deer five years ago, and for some reason he were to show up somewhere else, I'm like, that's a deer. Yeah. Like. I yeah. I just have the, those like neurons are connected in my brain. I'm Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> it's it's just I think it's just weird because it's like. But um, if you want,
0: if yeah, if you never walk,
1: you don't know. Well, but even if you do, like I feel like I speed through like Speed Scout or you know, it, let's say it's a betting area. I don't want to go in the betting area unless it's off season. So like I'm 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 skirting it and stuff. Twenty years ago, I was in that. I was in the jungle. I was climbing
0: through it, you know. And so it's just okay. You knew what was well, in well, it. Well, here I can kind of relate to your micro versus i mean you can really get micro to where you're like i, I used to think the, like like are like every log that was down every set and yeah you know i guess mm-hmm. pay attention to that stuff but it's it's that's not nearly as critical i don't think uh i suppose it does like once <laughs> once you once you nail it down but like it's hard to describe that mind i used to think like uh i don't know that's the best way i can put it i guess is behind every bush or behind i'm like this, the reality is though like there's there's probably just one like one mature buck one target or you know maybe a small handful in a certain area mm-hmm. and the macro is probably more important of a place to start yeah absolutely well, like, like, it's a well, i'm like, having a hard time describing that it's not like a deer's gonna and may, maybe sometimes they do only move you mm-hmm. know 50 or 100 yards mm-hmm. and it's like that that really does matter but until you have figured that out? It's like the macro is way more important to figure out like what types of areas these deer are in. So think about your
1: going through those bedding areas. At what point? How long ago do you think it was before you realized?
0: Oh, like all these beds are that this means does and fawns and not a buck. I still don't always. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's your telltale signs of typically. Uh, I mean, it's it's a little bit of everything. Like, but
1: I mean, I like I can clearly remember walking through areas and be like, oh, there's going to be like, there's a buck in here. But it's just like, it could have been all does and bonds bedding. Like those two concepts never really
0: Well, it comes down to understanding of why they would be there. And then it's a, it's a, it's an estimated or it's a, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Like the bed that we found in Illinois Mm -hmm. uh, on that knob, on that knob, it was a good example of like we had seen on a map before. Hey, there's a knob right here. It's overlooking this. The wind, you know, prevailing wind is going to be here. Mm-hmm. The food source is here. There should be a big. We bump knew right walking out onto that ridge, like, hey, it would make sense if there was one here. And then there was a giant, a giant bed there, and all signs pointed to, it yeah, it probably is. Yep. You know, and and that'd be an example. But if we didn't have that prior knowledge, and I just was blindly walking and stumbled into like a, a bed. bed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's things that I think uh, would indicate one or the other, like size of the bed obviously is is a big one, you know, yep. if it's a massive. Any rubs around it. Any rubs is a, a dead giveaway. Um, you know, does typically will bed together like in mm-hmm. groups. So if you get like the smaller, bed, three, four, yeah. five beds, smaller, you know, closer together, it's, it's probably a, a doe bed, but, you know, bucks will get up and have Multiple beds. Multiple yeah, beds, Yeah, I saw too. that with
1: that Illinois deer a couple years ago on camera. Yeah. yeah it, so you it, don't always know.
0: I think that's where... Um, I don't know if they're 100% exclusive either. I mean... It'd be interesting because...
1: And, and given I'm, I'm... As much time as I spend in the woods, and I hate admitting it, like I'm rusty at it because of the way that we've transformed or evolved here as hunters recently, but it'd be interesting to take some people you know, maybe not just newer hunters, but guys who've just started hunting the last 10 take them through the woods and just let them tell you about what they're seeing.
0: Okay. What do you mean?
1: Well, just take them, take them for a walk in the woods and, you know. Talking experienced hunters or just guys? Mm, yeah. I mean, even in the last 10, 10 years, like people who have really just like wrapped their hands around everything in the last 10 years, put them in a situation where, it, you know, technology aside, maps aside, walk through the woods, tell me what you're seeing. I think I'd struggle. From, you know, oh yeah,
0: significantly, sure. Well, dude, I can tell you from uh, my recent experience with Jed, and, and not at all, to, you know, mm-hmm. we been doing this for a long time, you know. But, but so not not to brag on like our skill or what we're obviously still learn. I got a lot to learn, but um, I, we took for I would take for granted. And so my example with Jed is like teaching him how to shoot a bow. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard for me to to even explain. It's natural to you. Well. You know, spelling it out for him. You know, and taking it back to the very basic building blocks of like, of hand positioning on the mm-hmm. grip. You know, mm-hmm. elbow. You know, things breathing, that, yeah. thought processes. You're doing that. How to like anchor points. How, all those little things that like just we've been doing for so long. And and it's uh, muscle memory. Had good us. coaching coming up and yep. failed at all whatever's led to like um, our level of expertise on that. Now, mm-hmm. I think is absolutely as true when it comes to like woodsman strip uh hunting strategy you know all the things that we're talking about here we know a lot yeah, yeah we did and, and I'm saying that like uh well, even people listening to this like we as a group
1: if you're if you're involved in it if you're entrenched in it you know a lot you know way more than you think you yeah know.
0: yes absolutely I'm not saying I, I we yeah. I know no more than you but it's like we take for granted probably all the little things that we're picking up that at this point our instinct like just knowing just like picking up on where, you, like if you were to drop, drop you somewhere in, and say, okay, here's where I'm at. You know, if you have a map to reference, that would be even more helpful. Okay, here's these different features, things that are going to get used at different types of season. Here's, you know, prevailing wind directions. Here's, you know, all these different things. And then, you know, somehow over year, I mean, it really is years. Mm-hmm. And, and every year you hope to add to that mm-hmm. arsenal of things that you understand that, you know, make a more complete picture. You know, to a point where you're, and, and when I say it, we know a lot, you know, we don't know anything. There's guys yeah. that way know way more than we do, but it's like we, as the entrenched hunting people, right now, but the entrenched bow hunter, yeah. know a lot. Well, you know, take us now and take us ten years ago and oh, drop us in the crazy. same piece of woods, and like you're looking at it totally differently. Yeah,
1: and I'm not, but I, I, I wouldn't say that ten years ago you'd be looking at it wrong. You're just looking at it completely different without. Well, without your I think you're looking at it, 10 years ago, I think you're looking at it at a micro level. You're looking at the, the little intricacies. You're looking at the way the trails are, the way the terrain is, and things like that. Today- I think with, without perspective or context. Would correct. You, yeah. Today, you're looking at it on macro level because you know that there's a giant food source over here. You know that this has just been logged. You know that what this this is owned by a hunting club. I'll tell you what,
0: too, is interesting because uh, in, you mentioned this last night we did the same thing with deer, like specific deer. Yeah. Uh, Like 10 years ago, you and I would have looked at deer last night and all we would have known is that's a a giant. Giant. We would come back and tell our friends. Giant. And in a way, you know, it's, uh, you know, I catch myself being like dismissive of characteristics of deer or like uh, to where I'm like, because I know what it is, you know, I don't want to be the downer on the excitement, but if guys will show me pictures and i and I, I really. You said t- it yesterday. I was when we
1: were shooting. I heard you, you, know, you and your dad were talking about that deer, and you're like, "Yeah, I know it's a three year old." Yep. And I was like, uh, "Like, I just in my peripherals, I'm hearing." Yeah, exactly. Because he's saying, "So and so said there's a giant running over there," and you're like, "Yeah, I know which deer it is. It's a three year old." Yeah. And I was like, "I have I was the like information." Laughing. He sent me the picture. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's, you know, you, you know, got to understand my dad yeah. and I I's damn it too. But, but it
1: is it is that mindset of it. Well,
0: and it is a giant deer. Like to a lot of guys, sure. it is a giant. And even, it, it, was. it was a, a great really big deer. deer. It was a 150s, you know, four year old deer. The deer was better when we saw him in person. Yeah, we're like, that's a big deer. But, you know, you can use my dad as an example. But but anybody, you know, deer are the most missed judge, miscategorized thing of, of all time, probably. I saw a giant. I saw a giant. Well, is this and I very much am in favor of because I, I've seen so many deer like I'm, I'm running 30 cameras mm-hmm. right I've seen I've seen a lot of deer yeah um and so I am not perfect but I, I I'm pretty I have a pretty good understanding of, of what they are and what they aren't and so yeah. whereas 10 and 20 years ago we didn't
1: you all you not knew all. is the deer that you saw or your buddy killed Or or somebody showed you a picture in the bow shop. There was no social media. Yeah, there was. That's what we said it a few weeks ago. I like to fathom like the only time I knew there were giants is if I got like a deer and deer hunting in the mail to be like, oh my god, like deer like this exist. Mm -hmm. You know, not in my area, of course, but like they exist, like in Illinois or Iowa, there are giants out there. Now it's like to your point, we saw that deer last night, really big buck.
0: Not a giant because we see giants almost well, every day. Giant. If you pull up Facebook Giant right is now, a relative term to like. It, it is a giant to some people. You know, to, to us even, you could you could say that. It's just it, I, it is relative. Yes, yes, it's, yeah. It's relative. is
1: the word. Yeah, yeah. Because anybody who's just out to and, and no offense, but if you're out to just kill a buck, that
0: deer is a giant to you. Well, and I don't even want to take away from the deer because like it is a giant and it's in its own right. But that term is is relative is exactly what we're saying Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if that's based off just your experience with deer the amount of time you've been hunting you know whatever but like at one point in time i shot a 125 inch two-year-old and it was a giant yeah and then another time i shot a 135 inch three-year-old and and it was a giant and it was true in every sense of the word yeah but now i just i tend to err on the side of it is what it is like i Mm-hmm. And I do like the term, you know, giant, stud, pig, it's hot, you know, mm-hmm. all, all these things. Like, you know, I get excited about that, too. Um, and, and there is a true scale. I mean, so I I think I'm just looking at it on a different scale. Like, we've had awesome opportunities to yep. be able to hunt the Midwest. And mm-hmm. I've experienced, I've seen giants. giants. I've seen them. I've, you know, even yeah. if it's just trail camera pictures of other people, you know, I've seen 300-inch deer. I mean, that's. And so that's, when I see 150-inch yeah. deer, it's not, not a giant. Uh-uh. But it's not a it's not a two hundred inch deer. I mean that, and that's the crazy part. And it again, and I, dude, I would I would shoot that deer probably. I would probably shoot that deer. Again. Yeah, because
1: it checks it checks several of the boxes, including he's at least four years old.
0: Yeah, and so I and I I don't I don't want to take away from anybody's experience, including my own, which mm. I have done to where I'm I'm like uh, you know. Too realistic about what, the, or maybe not too realistic. Yeah, but.
1: no, but it, that is a weird thing because um, let's use our. It is
0: what it is. I just don't want people.
1: Yeah, like use our use our Illinois piece. We yeah. have two awesome three year olds right now. Two like a three year old ten, and then that that split G two ten. So we have yeah. two two really good three year olds. Oh, I think that's a two year old actually. That that ten point. No, 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 not not that one. There's two different ones. Okay. One with a split I G2 the... and then the one that showed up first who doesn't have a split okay. G? I I know the first one you're talking yep. about. Anyways,
0: a great deer. Probably three-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Great example. Great deer. It's, it's funny because it's- a, As a three-year-old. It's it's just funny how we, like, because we're constantly navigating the, like, trying to understand other people's perception. It's like, okay, what mm-hmm. scale are you looking at? And you're right. It is a great three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it is a three-year-old. Yet yeah, you and I both already said, like, obviously,
1: we're not going to shoot that deer this year. It's funny, man. It was just like the meanwhile, the that, the sensitivities around that, like, well, and that's where we're if, transparently. Hunter gets some blowback, right? Because people are like, "Oh, you guys are ruining it." Like booners everywhere, da 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 da. And it's like it's not. We're not saying that those aren't like. If you shoot that deer, you're a piece of shit. Like that's not <laughs> what we're that's not what we're saying. It's just. <laughs> It it comes out, it's no different than sports, right? Like, if you said uh, Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time, like, there is a a very level playing field of perception to that, right? Kids today may say, well, no, LeBron James is. Well, that's because you never saw Jordan play and and he's not as good as Jordan was. But. And I'm, it, it's a shitty analogy, but I'm trying to lay the, and
0: it's the, hard to the compare level to anything. Thing. What, what else is really like that though? Like just, just deer hunting in general is so, uh, relative and it is so different for, for everybody based on, I would
1: say, you know what where I would you're say at in your hunting career it's, and where you're at in the country. It's much and,
0: like, um,
1: it's much like your house. If you say, Hey Jared, you've got a great house. Yeah. That's Very relative to what I think is income level and everything else. Yeah, sure, sure. Somebody who's a multi-multi-millionaire may say, yeah, like a guest house. Right, right. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it's no different than like if I, like I'd rather have like a log cabin in the middle of the woods type of house, whereas some city person would think like it's dirty and nasty or whatever. Like it's very relative to
0: their lifestyle and experience. It's very interesting. It's just like... I I do, I enjoy, but I also, I know they're sensitive and and feelings get hurt over just the analysis of what, what a deer is. Uh, Just, I mean, it's, it's so, uh, it's so loaded. It's so, it's, it's changed so much because it's like. And
1: I don't think, I mean, I know that there were guys that did that 10, 20 years ago. So I'm not saying that guys like the Wenzels and things like that, but very, very uncommon. Like 20 years ago, people deer hunted and people killed bucks, and small, small, small amounts of people killed truly giants. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the, the wide open reality of, of communication and, and transparency, like more of us, even if we don't kill them, or we don't even have a chance to kill them, more of us can see the potential of a whitetail buck in states and say, oh, no, that's a big deer. Mm-hmm. Where twenty years ago I had no idea. I thought a I thought a twelve inch eight pointer that was two years old
0: in Pennsylvania was a big buck. Yeah. Here, let me see if I can uh, put put this into words. Like it's the it's the misuse I think of actual scientific, uh, maybe not scientific, just of terms that like have I've have have made me like pause or, or step back. Great deer is a is mm-hmm. one. Uh, mature deer is another mm-hmm. and, and neither of those are uh, well great is subjective greatest is subjective yeah mature mature is,
1: mature is objective it is at, at maturity a deer is five and plus and more often
0: than not in in conversation they they kind of all get lumped in together yep and like i for myself and you know for our purposes i, th- I think it's important to maintain accuracy mm-hmm. so we know what we're talking about so it's mm-hmm. like if somebody if some you know whatever somebody shoots a, a two or three year old, de- again all this is completely relative. Like you go to Michigan or in Pennsylvania, like dude, a, a three year old deer is a three
1: or four year old deer in
0: Michigan is or it? Pennsylvania. I'm you not can gonna kill that ever say somebody's deer that they shot isn't a great deer because it is every deer that you shoot is yep. a great. That's, as long as you're
1: happy with it, I'm happy with it. Yes.
0: Um, the mature deer one is like a little more where I'm like, well, it, it's not. It's not. Um, it, again, it's relative. You know. Well, think of the complete other. F- False, false,
1: falsified type data that we see is there's a lot of content producers are like yep this deer was nine when I killed it and it's like, no no it was not yeah I mean it's it's not even to the point where you're trying to classify it as oh this was a mature buck you're like nope I know he's nine and a half
0: no you don't
2: you have no freaking <sighs> and, and idea I just, yeah
0: I don't I'm I'm not gonna get down on anybody's deer I really I do want people to shoot anything that they're they're happy with um, but I I just I don't like when especially like you said it's it's TV guys and stuff or whatever where they're like well, it's, it's it's a mature deer and it like clearly it's it's not you're impressing that
1: information on somebody who wants to understand who is who is thriving to try to be better and now you're telling them a lie yeah and i also
0: don't know i don't think it's done uh maliciously maliciously i think it's it's a nut it's done out of justification more often. Like, I know. usually when you hear oh. the word great deer, it's because they know it's not a great deer, but they want... Well, a perfect case in point, management or call buck. And that's okay. I mean, if
1: you shot a deer that it wasn't as good as you thought, like, that happens. We, that's your justification. That happens. It's that's fine. worse than anything, I think. When, yeah. you, when you're watching something and you're like, yeah, I killed a good management buck. Why? Why do you have to say that? Yeah,
0: that's that. You're getting into the vein of like the stuff that I don't like.
1: Like, why? Why do you have to say it's a call buck? And people on here will be like, "Well, because it is a call buck." Like, I, I, so, like, what? W- what made it a call buck? Because he was a uh, eight point at two years
0: old or three right. years old. Like, there is a lot of. <laughs> that is the justification it is funny to try to understand. Because that the, every time that that happens, you hear like, if a deer gets killed, and, and who knows? I don't. Maybe it, it would have been a a call buck at some point, but it's like. <laughs> How often does that happen? You know where it's it like, doesn't. No, I mean, no, no, no. It does a lot. It, when in so, reality, it it doesn't happen.
1: In justification, it happens all the time. In Justification is where you hear that. Because think about like when we were in Kansas, um, that year that that I put that arrow into the shoulder of Y Boy, we had that giant six point, point mm-hmm. and people would justify by saying, "Well, I killed him because he was a call buck." For you and I, that was a five or six year old, but like that was a mature deer. Like that deer wasn't getting any better.
0: Well, in the in the sake of herd, you Mm -hmm. know, herd management, which we're you know not even scratching the surface of like being effective at in a state like Kansas that we hunt, Mm -hmm. you know, one week out of the year. But uh, that is a call duck, a call buck, in in the terms of like it's not a high scoring. It is a fully mature. Yeah, but, to us, it's also a trophy. Uh, it, can, it can be
1: all of the above. Yeah, but the fact is, is it can't be a call or a management buck unless it's like part of a true plan. Like if you're just out there hunting and you're like, sure, yeah, I, that's killed, fair. I killed this six point because it was a call buck. That's it's fair. like, dude, you killed it on public land. Like you're not calling anything out here. Yeah, that's fair. And it, But that's the justification. That's, that's the TV justification that's been used, right? How many guys do you down here is like, oh, you know, I killed a pretty good eight. It was probably a management buck and is like, Dude, you killed it on public land. Like, what do you mean, management bug? You're not doing anything. Yeah. So well, it it's that the need for justification is probably
0: the biggest issue I have with today's hunting. Community. Yeah. Well, it's almost a shame that it's even you know gets into our social media discussion and everything. But it's a shame that it's 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 warranted or 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 necessary for people to feel like you know to justify the deer that they shot. And that's where I think I you know wide angle, but you, t- you talk about the woodsmanship and
1: kind of the unknown and, and how things were like, man, there was a lot of clarity back then that today is clouded by justification, especially, um, you know, you didn't hear anybody 10 years ago say, yeah, you know, I killed that, that eight, and it was, it was a call book. Nobody said that shit. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it, it's been, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, come about because of like, uh, perceived expectation, you know, which is a negative, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, they you have. Know, they, they justify because they feel like they have to justify. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Same with. I don't the, want people to feel bad about any deer that they shoot. Like, not every year. I mean,
1: Andre was the one who told us that. Not every year are you always going to kill your best buck. Like, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. And so when you start your post of, I just killed this buck, it's not, not my biggest. Like, Well, yeah, dude, not every year is going to be bigger than the last. That's an an impossible goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good kind of point to all that is like, you know, you and you alone should be the the only, you know, I I guess if there's other guys hunting the same property you are or a landowner. If, you know, somebody has actual expectations, you know, if you're hunting with somebody. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I mean, you're, you're the only one that should... You kind of set the standard for the deer that you want to shoot. So, and, and you shouldn't have to justify it to anybody about, oh, it's a great deer or it's this or it's that. Mm-hmm. It's, it is what it is. You know, if it's if that's, you know, a deer that you wanted to shoot and you're happy with it, then, you know, I think I, I would be, I would be happy with that too.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the, um and again, that because of things like that and all the technology we have and all the knowledge we do have at our fingertips with the internet versus 20 years ago when we didn't have that, it, it's hard to put into words like, you know, even where I would summarize my hunting career now versus then, like I, I was a straight killer 20 years ago. I mean, I, I would, and I, Frank, transparent. You still,
0: you still
1: are. Well, I only hunted one state. I don't hunt any other state mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I hunted Pennsylvania. I'd kill a buck and I'd kill, I don't know, five, six does, many doe tags I get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, it was, it was just a, uh, you know, a simple process and 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 a gut instinct and reaction and and you just did it. Um you all right? You choke.
0: <laughs> Wrong tube.
1: <laughs> Nick and Heinlick. Mm. Um but like if you think about it now it's like yeah, I mean I kill I kill a lot of deer, I hunt a lot of different places. It's just it's different. Like I feel I feel more scattered now or or you know even called blinded in some cases. Then I did. Then because I cover more ground, you know, I I don't, you know, and oh, for yeah. better say like I don't put foot my feet on every piece of, you know, inch on a piece of property that like I used
0: to to understand and know it. Yeah. Well, we're both stretched thin to a degree. Uh, you know, t- too much of that is 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 uh, is bad. I think because it's like you know mm-hmm. you're, you're in effect you're inefficient and mm-hmm. effective. But a little bit of that is good, I think. You know, to be able to stretch yourself, and, you know, put sure. yourself in new territory out of your comfort maximize zone, maximize the season is good. You know, you want to you want to have your baseline of you know uh, your expectation for the season and, and you know be able to enjoy it. You know, I think that's where the 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 cam- going back to the camera thing comes in is that.
1: Uh, for three seasons now, I'd say I rely very heavily on cell cameras mm-hmm. in terms of like what's happening when I make my move, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it is it is absolutely reverted my success in hunting. Yeah, because I don't <laughs> like I just don't hunt until yeah. I feel like it's right. When I finally feel like it's right, it's too, I'm a step behind. Yeah. Um, whereas before, I may have been step ahead for
0: most of the season, and all of a sudden, they come together, right? And you succeed. Yeah, well, and I think on the other side of that, though, it's like, <clears throat> you know, you, you kind of went through this trail camera, fa- all of us probably have, uh, and it was a negative for a point in time. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, hopefully, and through this conversation, we're realizing that, like, hey, it's it's not inherently a negative. Like, that information is super valuable. Oh, unreal. But we need to now take that and put it in its rightful place, like, in our understanding of a hunting strategy and, and still continue to... Yeah. I mean, it, it becomes instead of, and this is where I think that because the
1: technology was so overwhelmingly, like I, like I said, 20 years ago, I was developing film from a trail camera, right? Uh, now it's like, right now we, we could be sitting here getting buck pictures on this. That information and that amount of data was too much for most people to handle to where we're like, well, like I'm not going to hunt today because he wasn't there yesterday. And in reality, it's like, well, you got a picture of him two days ago. He's there. Mm -hmm. He just didn't walk in front of your camera. Thus, you didn't get the picture yesterday. You still should hunt today based on whatever, wind, weather, et cetera. So people have to realize, like, you know, use those cameras as a tool. But if you start to rely on them, again, me being guilty of it myself, you start to rely on them too much, it will ruin your success rate. Um, that's where it's so funny. Cause we've talked it, about it, how it, cell cameras, like they kill deer. Cell oh, cameras do. kill deer. They do. But it also. You can't, you
0: can't replace though. Uh, you know, time spent scouting time at time. time what, in the what, woods. what kills deer is observation. Yep. Uh, you know, whether that's with a camera, mm-hmm. you know, if you're getting pictures of them, great. And that will kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're not, you know, you need to be out there. You know, f- finding them via scouting, you know, or or in yep. the truck or whatever, but but observation is what kills deer because they are h- habitual creatures. Yep. Uh, you know, especially mature bucks. You know, if you can, you know, uh, whittle down what they're doing. Mm. Um, I mean, that's how you kill them. K- killing killing deer is just. Getting within a range of what you know, a pattern that they have, or or you know, maybe it's not a pattern, maybe it's a one-time thing, but just that's that's how you kill them. It's not. (laughs) It's funny, man. It's hard. It's hard to like keep keep it in perspective of what it is. Like you think it's like a. (sighs) Oh, I don't know. It's it's hard to hard to put into words, but it's like it's it's almost like you know we think that little things that we do or like mistakes that we make or what like it's gonna make the deer smaller or something like it's gonna yeah it's like no it's 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 an an animal it's Mm -hmm. out there he is what he is Mm -hmm. the the name of the game is to get within 20 yards of it yep you know and they're smart and look what they survive i mean they're
1: they are all they gotta do is survive Mm -hmm. that's it that's that's the only thing they have to do survive oh yeah uh and i think that when you look at it you know because there was a streak there what was that it was i don't know if it started with that deer it may have been the year before i killed that deer so maybe 20, 2016, probably. I think twenty sixteen seventeen eighteen pre cell cameras at that point. Uh, but I ran a lot of regular cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years in a row, I almost uh, I sat on the sidelines essentially for three four weeks at the beginning of the season. I didn't hunt just because of like weather's not right, winds not right, whatever. I knew what deer were kind of in the
0: area. Well, there was some influence there from industry stuff. Too. I mean, I was, I was kind of the same way, you know, because a lot of guys were like, well, I don't really start ramping up till yep. the 25th, and so we were like, oh, that's what you do. you know. And then
1: I killed, like, first sit two or three years in a row. Yeah. Uh, which was great. Like, that's the whole point. Like, But, like, I didn't really get to experience the season. Um, I was, frankly, more successful then because I just knew the deer was in the area. I didn't really wait to get them on camera. I waited till the weather was right for where I thought he was bedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got between them and scrapes, yep. essentially. Uh, but yeah, it's just weird how then all of a sudden, sometime around 2019, I think I started using cell cams, and it was like, it completely changes the way I hunted. Uh, not necessarily for the better either. Yeah. Um, did i see more deer did i get more pictures of deer? did i know that there were bigger deer than i thought were there absolutely there was some really good intel Mm. did it make my hunting more successful i don't think so the hunter podcast is brought to you by stealth cam dude where would we be without our cell cams i would definitely be divorced at this point (laughs) yeah i hear that (laughs) i mean the fact is is i spent more time checking cameras than i actually did hunting prior to cell cameras now at least my wife can enjoy me being in the comfort of my own home buried in my phone checking those pictures
0: 100 yeah, and dude when it comes to uh, trail cameras and definitely stealth cameras reliability is i think the number one thing that we're looking for stealth cam just has a long reputation of reliable cameras and ultimately that is the most important thing to us they have to work in terms of reliability there's not a better camera
1: on the market than stealth cam whether you're talking about the fusion x the reactor or the ds4k transmit and most of them are under 200 bucks
0: Southcam.com. Check them out. Well, there's kind of a whole uh, you know, another conversation we could get into, which is monitoring. Yeah. Versus manipulating. Yep. And like probably early on, it was all monitoring. And and it was it's all not necessarily bad. It was like, hey, okay, here's scrape, here's sign, here's whatever. We're gonna set mm-hmm. these cameras up to monitor it. Mm-hmm. and over time, that's evolved into, and there's huge merit to, so I mean, I, I understand why, com- total manipulation, you know, totally. where it's like, I don't even try to find a regular scrape. I just make one. I make you know, one. I, I, I make one, offense, I post. put a
1: cell camera on it, I get a picture of him, I know which way he's coming from with which wind, and then I
0: hunt him. And I mean, you, you could apply that to anything, mm-hmm. from, from scrapes to... Uh, food sources whether it be Mm -hmm. bait or food plots Mm -hmm. to you know timber work you know following trees in a certain area like funneling them pinching them in all these things you can do to manipulate versus just Mm -hmm. monitor and hunt on natural patterns Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. you know i don't know it's like you you could go completely one way or completely the other Mm -hmm. or you know we're probably both somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. you know because we do some of those tactics we do want to try to manipulate deer movement a little bit yeah, but I also want
1: to, um, a- again, just based on the last few years, I I plan on getting back to more, he's there. I think I know where he's betting. We talked about it yesterday a bunch, like betting here and they're working here. I'm going to hunt him versus, you know, here he is, here he is, here he is, here he is, now get in there and hunt. I don't think it works that way for a lot of things. There's some some major exceptions, like, early season bait pal, early season, like green beans. Like when some of these deer are on literally bed food, bed food, late season, bed food, bed food, bed food. Mm-hmm. Very easy to pattern with a cell cam and I think kill that deer mm-hmm. like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, as not you get I mean, yeah, very easy, but yeah, easy, easier. Hunting's not easy at the end no, of the no. day, did It's in the middle though, <laughs> in the hard. middle of that That's season, hard.
1: as you evolve food sources, as you uh, get into the rut and stuff, um, even with cell cams, not, not nearly a given.
0: No. Hunting's hard, man. It's really hard. And it should be. If, yeah. if
1: hunting is easy, I don't think we'll, we'll last mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah. If people, and, and that's, that was the thing. It, it's so hard to describe it, but, um, you, cause I remember when I was like first getting into hunting, like my dad wanted me to see deer. like He wanted me to see deer, but he wanted me to shoot a deer, right? But it was, he also knew like, hey, we're going to put on the miles or you're going to sit and get cold and you're not going to see something or you're not going to get a shot. Um, So it was, you're always walking that fine line of success yet failure to make you want to come back. (sighs) Man, I, I worry, again, just looking at everything we have, it's like, we're doing everything we possibly can to make success happen easily. And I don't and in the history of anything humans have done, I don't see where that's a good thing um, in order to stick it out, to evolve, to become better. I think we're worse hunters today than we were 20 years ago, because we rely completely on the advances of technology weapons cameras bait opportunity whatever um we may kill more deer today than we did 20 years ago but i don't think we're better hunters than we were 20 years ago sure
0: that's fair that's fair it's a
1: weird it's a weird situation to to be in in fact you know and, and what's kind of crazy about as you look at like my dad's age or your dad's age like uh, your uncle's age like those guys um i bet feel a bit lost in today's hunting community because like the way that they grew up, first of all, some of those guys grew up, like my dad's age in, in that early 60s, they didn't see shit. There, there, was, there wasn't deer in, in the 70s, right? Then in the 80s and 90s, they kind of hit this heyday of deer, especially the 90s, where there was a lot of deer, but there's a lot of does and small bucks. But I mean, you were, it was woodsmanship, you know, you had, you had old, old bows, com- like even the early compound bows were super, you know, wooden, just wheelbase type stuff. And now, like, think about those guys fast-forwarding 30 years into the days of, you know, 400 feet per second crossbows and cell cameras and, you know, straight-wall cartridge rifles. It's like, what like, I, I mean, they probably feel a little bit just lost of, like, you know, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, you and I have kind of started in like that harder time. But I feel we, that way a lot. We, we,
0: yeah. Is this
1: <laughs> yeah. We evolved quickly into what we're in now. Like, I mean uh, the heyday of our hunting career is in this, this side of things. It's, it's towards the end of their hunting career that they're facing this. And it's like, you know, I, I think that's also why we're losing a lot of those guys is like, they're like, this isn't hunting. This isn't how I grew up. This isn't what, why I did it. And so a lot of those guys are just, they're not going to hunt like that because it's just to them. It's, that's not hunting. It's just it's easy like yeah doesn't doesn't make any sense for them. Um so yeah, it's uh, I think it's these are the factors and when we talk about like what's happening with the hunting community, why are we losing hunters, how do we keep hunters I I don't um I don't think that the opportunity things that these guys are doing, I don't think they're realizing that it's hurting
0: it as much as it's helping it. Yeah. Well, the reality is like they're just deer and like if we wanted to we could kill them all like we're humans we're Mm -hmm. we're super smart Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah sometimes yeah like we have the technology like if you wanted to you could go out and kill every every deer you you just could you Mm -hmm. know with things like thermal and we had drones like i mean like look at military technology if we we wanted to we could kill every deer it's just a reality yeah you know hunting is uh you know, hunting is so great because it, it's, it requires sportsmanship, mm-hmm. right? There's like, uh, you know, we allow ourselves to use a level of technology that mm-hmm. it's because they have a chance. And the greater chance that they have at living, probably the more rewarding, uh, you know, it is when we have success. And so while these technologies are available and we will become more effective at killing deer because of them, mm-hmm. it it's not necessarily... Uh, you know, I, I think it's taking away from the sportsmanship a, a bit. How
1: many people do? You, how many hunters in today do you think, like percentage wise, actually feel like they appreciate the the hunt, sportsmanship, and challenge versus the goal is to kill?
0: Period. Think it's fifty fifty. Uh, I I don't know honestly. I, it's 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 hard to say because some people might not know. You know,
1: th- the, like the only thing they know is what they're offered
0: right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's hard to like to to have a full concept of that. Mhm. Yeah, um, it, it's uh it's also a grab. So it's like if you know, it it's it's uh you know, based on your level of access, uh-huh. you know, you you might not have the opportunity with the same level of sportsmanship that somebody else does sure. because of where they live or how much property they have access to and so mm-hmm. but but we all want to kill the same deer, regardless of how much, act, you know, we would kill giant deer. Everybody does, mm-hmm. you know, and so the temptation is there to use mm-hmm. more advanced technology or whatever to tactics, you know, things that, you know, help you kill deer more easily And it's the to state, achieve that result. It's the
1: state's responsibility to manage where that limit is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. and it just, it's, I think it helps for us, you know, to have the conversation because it's like, you know, we're not putting anybody down for using any, type no, of, if, of hunting if it's legal methods. it's legal but that is the reality like in the same way that we're talking about the reality of what a deer is and what, what mm-hmm. they are not earlier on the reality is that if we wanted to we could kill every single deer well
1: yeah i mean that's what i was gonna say like i remember and i still do get excited but not like i remember like really getting pumped up when i killed a doe mm-hmm. like dude i could kill a doe every hunt if i wanted to now mm-hmm. every hunt
0: unless you're trying to <laughs> Then they seem to yeah, then they elude seem, us. Yeah. yeah. And
1: then the same with squirrels. Like if I don't want to kill a squirrel, I see them everywhere. If I want to kill a squirrel, they're nowhere to be found. But like, it, like it, it really was like, you know, oh, doe, like doe coming. Like it was a, it, it was a hunt. It was a passion. And now it's like the tools that I have and, and whatever. Yeah. It's pretty easy to kill a doe anymore, especially mm-hmm.
0: with a gun. Like if I want to go kill one during gun season, it's. Sure pretty easy yeah well i mean i don't know i mean I, st- I still get excited about it it's just it's a different mindset it's a different thing altogether. you know mm-hmm. i mean we shoot does for you know for food or for, for herd management and neither of those things are as exciting as mm-hmm. it, and they never will but never have been shoot, shooting a giant buck you know
1: yeah no they have it's a been. different thing it was kinda. more reality though at one point in time like it, it you know when pennsylvania had the separate seasons when we had a buck season and then a three-day doe season like
0: the odds of you getting a shot at a buck during buck season. It, it is funny for me, you know, being in that situation, like, to witness, the, like, the mad rush for, for PA doe tags. I'm like, you guys get so worked up about it. Like, it's just a doe. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, to the point where, like, online, it's monitoring, like, so-and-so, you know, this wildlife management
0: unit sold out.
1: There mm-hmm. are no more.
0: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a weird it's thing. It's tied to culture, too, though, I think. Like, it's, yes. it's important to some guys, like, you know, they have a, a doe camp or something, or it's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's a. Well, part. that's what
1: I was going to say. During those two weeks of buck season, like, the odds of you getting a shot at a buck were not real good. Like, you know, uh, if you had a group of 10 guys, like, we would have 10 to 14 guys at our buck camp. Uh, I think the most bucks we ever killed during opening day and the second day was three mm-hmm. out of you know, 10 to 14 guys, yeah. that seemed to be like, the, that was the cap. We couldn't really break over that, that top. Maybe that was just the quality of hunters we were too. But, sure. um, so then when the three day doe season hit, it was like, okay, this is like my last <laughs> chance to kill, kill deer. And it was like a war zone. You know, yeah. I remember we killed, you know, 10, 10 does basically. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, it was just, it was different. Like you said, it was different, but the, the excitement around that three day doe season was the same as the buck season. Mm-hmm. Now, if you would have killed a, a giant eight point or something, I said giant two year old eight point, like it was. It didn't. I'm not saying your doe matched that excitement, but the feeling, that the culture, the the camaraderie, like everything felt great about doe camp as it did with mm-hmm. with buck camp. Um, but it, it's it's weird to see that again. Going back to the opportunity, and I know there's reasons they do it management wise, but like the fact that like. For most states, it's like well, deer season starts. You can kill buck or doe any time of the year. There was no separate season. For us growing up, where there was separate seasons, um, kind of took a little bit of that excitement away. To where I think people don't get as excited about killing a doe, or or don't feel like that cool, you know, three day doe season. There's still people that ask for it to come back. They never will. Um, but it was be- it wasn't necessarily because people were better at killing does then as much as it was. It was a cool, isolated, very small time frame season, just like bear season here yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's different when you look at that kind of lifestyle and excitement, and and doe season was a great time to just uh, because it was not many people hunted after Christmas in Pennsylvania. So like, I mean, I covered ground in dosey. That's when I really started to learn a lot of these places. Like, oh, this is a great bedding area. Or This look at these rubs in in this area it's because I was on the ground walking and and hunting a lot at that point in time, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not because I'm old. I I just, I don't, that's not the style of hunting for a lot of us anymore. Like, in fact, it's, it's almost frowned upon in some places. Like what is just like out, still hunting and walking around and like, like I, Mm I, so if I hunt public land, even in Ohio, I've got public land right next to my Ohio place. A lot of times during the season, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hunt a morning in early October. So I'll go for a walk on my property, but also go out on public, start scouting. Where am I seeing scrapes? I've run into people and they cuss me up and down. And I understand like you're hunting and like, I, the last thing I would do is mess up your hunt. But it's like, it's, it's basically them saying, like, we don't do that shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm out trying to read sign. I'm out trying to learn the property and stuff. And I think people today are just like, you don't have to do that. You have all this technology. You've got Onyx. You've got Spartan Forge. You've got sure. so you don't need to be just out walking around, and like that's still super important, in my opinion, to success for hunting. Mm. Um, and it's that's it's just a weird thing. Like I mean, and I would probably say the same thing. Like if I walk way back in on public, and you know all of a sudden somebody comes through, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm just scouting." Yeah, you know, but fuck. Mm-hmm. But it's like, like I don't blame them. Like that's what they should be doing. Sure. In fact, I'd love to see more people on the ground scouting and learning and and developing woodsmanship than just cameras out food plots here,
0: block spines there and I'm killing them. I mean, you're getting into the, like the public land thing. It's
1: well, not even that even say you're private land. Like I don't want to see anybody. How many, I'm going to not see what I'm going to say. Like how many people, (laughs) how many people have told us whether it's, it's Mark, uh, Mark Drury or, or Higgins or Sturgis or whatever. It's like, don't go on your property. Mm -hmm. Like just, you don't want to go on the property because if you go on the property and you start moving it, like those those mature bucks don't want that disturbance.
0: Well, again, it's it's kind of your manipulation versus observation thing. It's like, you know, those guys are setting up farms, mm-hmm. you know, not in a negative sense, but to manipulate deer to come to a certain area. Mm-hmm. And they benefit hugely from not stepping foot on any other part of their property.
1: Maybe I'm going through like a, a midlife hunting crisis here. I I just, um, there's a, it kind of goes back to like the in-season scouting uh, asset thing. Like I can remember spending a lot of time in October, especially finding scrapes, finding fresh rubs, looking at sign. Um, And and I would say that probably in the last two or three years, I've really refrained from that to try to leave these properties more undisturbed. I don't know if I've, maybe I have more mature bucks on the property, Uh, very possible, but I don't know if that's made me a better hunter and that's subjective as well. So I'm not saying that, that like, you're not a good hunter, or you are a good hunter, but like, in my opinion, I don't know if I'm a better hunter overall because I've, I've stayed out of my properties.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. There's a right and wrong time to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think, uh, Andre Duquesa does a really nice job of of explaining, you know, going into an area strategically with confidence and the ability to observe and uh, maximize, you know, findings mm-hmm. in a way that, that kills deer. In mm-hmm. a lot of the bump
1: and dump situations you're talking about,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, bump and dump, or just just a scouting, you know. Yep. Scout, or maybe it was Cody that was talking about going mm-hmm. to a new area and, mm-hmm. and scouting it in a way that you know is, and maybe you do end up bumping deer, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's inevitable in in a lot of cases. I just think... um, It is what it is, dude. They're just an animal living out there at the end of the day.
1: Sign is sign, and... It comes back to the experience thing. Like, obviously, I want to kill a giant. Like, I'd love to kill a boon and crock deer this year. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, a mature boon and crock deer is, like, the pinnacle of what I'd love to kill this year. At the same time, it's like, man, I really enjoy just being in the woods and, and reading sign and saying, like, man, that's a giant scrape. It's fresh. Like, where would that deer be coming from? Set a new camera And you can, Yeah,
0: you can you can do both. You can just – I think there's
1: – I'm saying that – not to interrupt you. I'm saying that because I think a lot of people – and this isn't, like, in a disrespect to Mark or any, or any of these guys, but a lot of people hear those guys, and they're like, I can't go on my property. I can't enjoy – like, I literally just have to go into my stand and out of my stand, into my stand, out of my stand.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, the season just it becomes about different things, like you know, mm-hmm. throughout different phases of your career, your your hunting career or mm-hmm. your life, you know, like and I, not to put words in those guys' mouth, but like I would imagine for guys that have it to a science, you know, your, your Lee and Tiffany's, your, uh, you know, your Juries, you know, your Higgins, maybe, I, and I don't not to lump them all into the same group, but like, maybe even maybe more the first two. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, Mark and Lee and Tiffany, it's like they probably become so efficient at that. It's it's just like... I mean, Lee said it, it. It's evolved into... Now they can start to build another, you know, elements like bringing people into camp, like, you know, hosting, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's events or, you know, hosting different types of camps or whatever. Or, um, I think it can evolve into that. Um, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you ever want to be that efficient? I mean, Lee basically said, he's like, here's
1: the deer I'm going to kill this year, period. That He's got it down that... F- he's
0: he is a hundred percent that deer is dead already i don't know i mean it's it's hard to say because it's every chase is still unique uh-huh. you know i think as as long as i'm still in enjoying it i do think that there's always new elements like like getting new people involved i think is a huge mm-hmm. one you know that's your that's your end all like that's your your sportsmanship mm-hmm. model is like after you've achieved you know you, you share those, you yeah you share and, and i i do want to do that a lot mm-hmm. um but, you know, and I do, right? Like, you know, Sequoia, so somebody I'm getting into hunt our guys, you know, I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time scouting for our guys and stuff, but it's still such a challenge for me sure, that it's like, it's barely attainable, you mm-hmm. know, if at all. So, I don't know. And it, it changes from season to season, man. I think it's just about, like, you should have goals. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to improve as a hunter. I want to get more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to... Slow the season down and enjoy every single second of it, mm-hmm. and so that requires reduction of pressure on myself to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's somewhere in between. You have yeah, to, yeah. At the end of the day, if your goals are high, like you have to be okay with e- you know eating tags from mm-hmm. time to time, and like believe me, I've eaten a lot of them, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big piece because obviously,
1: I mean, there are people here that will say that they don't care, but like for most of us, we want to kill a big buck this year big being subjective um but i would say that uh, there's still quite a few of us that are to your point want to slow it down just want to enjoy the process and Mm -hmm. the season um you know frankly that's why when we were shooting yesterday though i have a long way to go like that's why i have the recurve out like that's a whole different world for for me and super challenging and and um, pretty much unattainable in in many senses but it's like Okay, like this is this is new. It's different. It's harder. It's challenging. It 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 maybe it lowers my standards. Maybe instead of looking for a four or five, I kill a three year old. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. And I'm not trying to like <laughs> I don't know maybe crazy know. yeah, yeah. Make, maybe kill a Spike. <laughs> <make>. I don't <laughs> I don't know you know. But it it uh, well even going back to a doe like I kill a doe with a recurve. It will be exciting because it'll be the first deer I've ever killed with a recurve. Sure. I've never killed one before. Sure. So there's um there's some things to do. I guess I, I would say we got to wrap this up, but I would say for everyone listening, you know, it was September 9th. It's dropping or something like uh, the 12th, September 12th, September 12th, either season just opened or it's on the very, very near horizon. Uh, I would say just take, take an hour when, when you're listening to this or after listening to this, think about what you want this year, you know? Uh, and, 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 don't just say, well, I want to kill this the biggest buck I can get. Think about what you want out of this season and make a little bit of a strategy for it. Because if you don't have a strategy and you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants, the season will blow
0: by you and you won't get what you want out of it. Uh, and I say that from experience. Karen, I'll say this at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe contradictory. You got to take it as she comes, too. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying like, I know I'm going to hunt this day and this day and this I day. I know. I know. Yeah. You know, you're saying have, have a goal and, I, and mm-hmm. I'm and i agreeing. H- have a goal, you yeah. know, try to, try to achieve something you've never achieved before. Um, but you know, th- the best thing about bow hunting is the, is it's the highs and lows, right? Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, kind of taking what's thrown at you and adapting and, uh, and yeah. enjoying it along the way. So like, I mean, dude, every, every decision pretty much that, that you and I make in life is, is weighed against is, you know, is that going to improve my hunting experience? Is that going to degrade it? Am I going to be able to hunt mm-hmm. more? Or am I going to be able to hunt less? <laughs> yeah. And so like, as the years are going on here, I would say we hunt probably more and more. Like, uh, you know, at, at we least should. we at, want to
1: at least, yeah. At least we
0: try to like, you know, structure yeah. career choices and like, uh, yeah. whatever around the ability to maximize it. Cause dude, if it's, if it's during or, or leading up to, or, you know, the deer season, mm. uh, and it, I, I want to be involved in it, you know. So if if, yeah. if that means you know planting food plots or you know moving tree stands for for guys or you know you and I discussing how we're gonna do this for the dads or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like I just I want to be as much a part of that as I can, and at the end of it, be able to look back on a season and say, man, I had a great season. Uh, that's and if I right achieve there. my goal, yeah, great. You I, know, if yeah. not, okay. You know, there's there's always next season. I think
1: that's it because my my failures. Plain and simple have been. I looked at a season too often, very black and white. Did I kill the buck I wanted to, or did I not? Mm-hmm. That was that was how I evaluated it. It's not right. Um, at the end of the season, in order for it to be successful, you should look back and say, "Damn, I missed that, and I can't wait for the next one." Mm-hmm. That means the experience was great. That means you thoroughly enjoyed and you you took advantage of the season that was given to you. Uh, does it mean that you quote succeeded?
0: Maybe, maybe not, and a, and a healthy dose of, you know, regret. Not regret, <laughs> like the unknown, the stress that's related, yeah. and trying to get on a big deer, like the struggle to achieve. Uh, is, well, that's what drives you back. Is a good thing. That's what makes you. You, you can't let it, you know, you know, become to a point where you had a bad season, where you, you know, that's like you know but it's that's part of it you know the, mm-hmm. the growth it's it's going to hurt a little bit there's going to be failures along you you know there's going to be misses There's going to be this There's going to be that it's going to suck you know there should be parts of it to suck there will be but ultimately yeah. it's what builds the you know the great season there will be memories that are there are certain
1: things in time throughout every season that you know you should be able to look back like I look at that picture like there were a, a shitload of highs and lows during that hunt Like I can recount that entire hunt and track job with the four of us in that picture. Mm -hmm. Just because it was like very vivid of a memory and unique and experience and, and yeah, fortunately ended up in an awesome success. But you know, you should come out of a season with something like that every year. Yeah. And if you don't, I don't think you're doing it right. Yeah. So anyways, that is all we got for this week on Hunter Podcast. And good luck this season. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid
0: and enjoy it. We'll see you.
1: me